Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic day, whether it was by yourself or with your family. I know travel, obviously, a difficult proposition this year in particular. Uh, but again, I do hope that everyone stayed safe, ate lots of food, had a drink if that's what you uh, get into. But the NBA season continues to get closer. And I must say, if you did miss our Thanksgiving podcast yesterday, uh, as you're recovering from that food coma that you might be in, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that show. Uh, Frank joined me and we uh, went through all of the additions that the Bucks have made through free agency, which as it currently stands are now official as well. So on Thanksgiving, the Bucks did make the signing of Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, and Tory Craig official, and we know uh, they've already announced uh, the two rookies, uh, Pat Connaughton uh, re-signing with the Bucks, and also the Drew Holiday trade became official there. So all the pieces have come into place here, and again, if you missed that podcast, uh, we went for over an hour, and it's not going to surprise anyone that Frank Madden uh, was able to talk for that long about all these guys, but it was a fantastic pod. Uh, we always love it when Frank finds the time to come on in among his work. But as for today, uh, just a couple of little uh, housekeeping things we're going to take care of here before we dive into the main part of this podcast, which is Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. This is officially the Drew Holiday Locked On Bucks podcast. Today, we're going to talk all things Drew Holiday. I think everyone is very, very excited to get Drew Holiday on the floor in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. So we are going to go through that. Uh, before we do, a couple of training camp deals have been announced or reported. Uh, Nick Stauskas is going to be with the Bucks in training camp. And also, it looks like Justin Patton as well. The, the big center, only 23 years old. Now, he did actually... Uh, spent some time with the Wisconsin Herd last year. So he's familiar with the organization. And the one thing I will say uh, with two-way deals, with training camp deals this year, we don't exactly know what is going on with the G League, but I have been very surprised that there hasn't been some sort of announcement from the league regarding uh, expanded uh, rosters perhaps or, or COVID uh, replacement players, if you will, whatever that would uh, officially be called. I'm not 100% sure. But given the time frame that the NBA is trying to fit 72 games into this season, I'm surprised that there has not been talk of having a COVID reserve or something like that. And I know they've had similar uh, things with the NFL and, and certainly MLB as well. So for Stauskas and Patton, and certainly there'll be one other player that will probably join uh, the training camp squad for the Bucks. it's a truncated training camp. I mean, it's super short. It's two weeks. There's only a, a limited 
preseason schedule that's going to be there. And you would think by that point, the Bucks are trying to run their rotation into some game level of fitness. So uh, I'm curious to see how this plays out. But uh, good for Stauskas, a veteran who's sort of bounced around a few different teams, been playing overseas for a little bit as well. And also Patton, it's good to have him back. And we hope that the Wisconsin Herd are going to be a team that gets to play this season and the G League can get a season off the ground as well. Uh, so a couple of announcements there. And perhaps the biggest uh, point of note is Eurohoops have reported that Giannis will be flying back to the US on Saturday. Now, I assume that that is uh, Saturday European time, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, all this is a little bit confusing. But irrespective of the exact time frame, I'm not exactly the type of person that's going to be online tracking flights. I'm sure there will be some of you out there that will do that. Uh, Giannis should be back in the US and back in Milwaukee over the weekend, which I, I don't think is a huge surprise because, again, uh, we're talking four, five days until the training camp begins. So he had to come back uh, at some point there. And uh, listen, uh, Frank tweeted this out. Uh, we've spoke about this on the show certainly over the last week here. I'm not expecting Giannis to, to step foot off the plane and sign a deal or the announcement come out that he's going to sign a deal. As has been done in the past, I would expect that Giannis would meet with ownership. He did this after the bubble and laid out that, listen, get better, get a player. I want to see that this franchise is willing to do everything it takes to improve and continue to be a contender and not just sit on their hands. I personally think they did that with Drew Holiday. Obviously, the Bogdanovich deal or non-deal or botched deal, however you want to call it, was not ideal. But I do think that the Bucks got better. Uh, whether that is enough for Giannis to commit, time will tell. But again, I think that hearing something in the next week or so is realistic, perhaps. And if you don't hear anything, obviously, you know which way that's going to go. But I wouldn't be expecting to hear anything over the weekend. Of course, anything could happen, though, there with Giannis. So uh, before I bring in Jake Madison here, I, I do want to tell you guys about our Black Friday deal for Built. And we know... Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Shout out to Ben Steele, um, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Marquette reporter. Uh, yesterday tweeted about Marquette and, and mentioned Built Bar in, in replying to me in a tweet. So shout out to Ben. I love that guy. But if you're dreaming of a white Christmas, that white Christmas begins on Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m. because we are introducing the all-new white chocolate bar. There's two flavors, cookies and cream and salted caramel, both covered in white chocolate and the promo we also have for you is that you will get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased and we have 20 percent off all products all weekend long and the deal we have for you of course is always going to be a good one go to builtbar.com and get 25 percent off for black friday plus don't forget to use the promo code locked L-O-C-K-E-D, to get an extra percent off. That's BuiltBar.com, and you'll get 25% off for Black Friday. And make sure you use the code LOCKED to get an extra percent off. Coming up next week on the Locked on Bucks podcast, we will continue to roll through the roster changes with the Bucks. And of course... Uh, keep up with Giannis Watch there. Keep an eye out. I've got a couple of special guests lined up as well because we need to look at the rest of the East and the rest of the NBA. We think that the Bucks are a contender, but we need to compare the, to what the rest of the teams 
in the league have done. As teased at the start of the show, I'm going to bring in our guest now. A little Locked On podcast crossover action here. Jake Madison from Locked On Pelicans. It's been, let's, let's say it's been a pretty big week for our two franchises connecting here. The trade finally official yesterday. We're going to dive into this in just a second. But how are you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk some hoops here. Yeah, uh, I, I think now after the week that we've had and the week the Bucks have had in particular, I think everyone's ready now to actually start watching some basketball in a few weeks here. Uh, the Drew Holiday trade, I think the bombshell that came through at the time, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Drew Holiday. I'm just curious from your perspective, did you think that something was going to happen so quickly? And was that, uh, I guess, a Woj bomb, Shams bomb, whatever you want to call it, did that shock you when, of the timing of that coming through? Um, so it shocked me on the timing because I had gone to sleep early that night knowing we were gearing up for the draft and everything. We're like, oh, I'll go to bed at like 10 o'clock. And all of a sudden my phone starts like blowing up on the nightstand in my like dark bedroom. I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Rolled out of bed to record an emergency podcast. I wasn't ready for it to break exactly when it did, but he was going to get moved. It was very clear that the team realized that Drew Holiday's value was at an all-time high and they needed to kind of strike and get the best deal possible and find the right trade partner. They'd been getting feelers out from teams like the Denver Nuggets from some other teams. They didn't like those offers and then kind of leveraged those into better offers and better offers until we came upon this final mega trade, I think is maybe the best way to <laughs> describe it. So I'm not shocked that he was dealt. I was a bit surprised that he ended up going to Milwaukee. That wasn't a team that we really heard a ton of kind of in the mix for him, I think. Uh, but ultimately, he's probably the best deal New Orleans could have gotten. So it's interesting you say that because I think certainly from my perspective, we did spend a lot of time talking about Drew Holiday, but I thought ultimately the Bucks weren't going to have the trade package that would appease the Pelicans and get this deal done. So just in case anyone hasn't caught up with how this trade expanded from the original format it was uh, reported in. So the Bucks obviously pick up Drew Holiday and the 60th pick in the draft, Sam Merrill, who we've spoke about a little bit. I, I think there's some optimism for what he can do, considering he was a pick 60 in the draft. But for the Pelicans, a lot of interchangeable parts here. But basically, you guys have got Stephen Adams as well and Eric Bledsoe. We can touch on that in a little bit. The 25 and 27 first round picks. Again, all reports that I've seen and, and everything I've heard suggest that they're going to be unprotected. We'll wait and see what happens there. And then the 24 and 26 pick swaps. Uh, the potential for a pick swap with Milwaukee, which again, uh, I think the trajectory of those picks and whether they are swapped may lie with Giannis and Zaya uh, moving forward. Who knows? We'll see what happens there. George Hill, there's, there's lots of other parts here, but the main parts for this podcast, George Hill ends up with the Thunder and RJ Hampton, which was the third first round pick that the Bucks traded to the Pelicans. The Pelicans have untraded that to the Denver Nuggets. That RJ Hampton did not know what hat to wear on draft night, but he ends up with the Nuggets. So, to get back to the original point that you made in terms of the deal that could go down here, three first-round picks, uh, Eric Bledsoe, obviously you get Stephen Adams. Are you, do you think that the haul is appropriate for Drew Holiday and or do you think it's more than you thought you could get back? So I thought it was more than I was, it was, more than I was expecting. You were, you were looking yeah. at deals from the two front runners in the Denver Nuggets that was going to be a first-round pick or two plus 
Gary Harris and maybe Will Barton, which like, uh, none of that's particularly great right there. Um, then you had the Miami Heat, which weren't going to include Tyler Kiro in a deal. So you're looking at the best player coming back to New Orleans being a guy like Kendrick Nunn, which depending on how you feel on him is either good or bad, plus a first round pick or two. But it wasn't like the deals reported out there weren't all of that great. Then you had the Celtics come in and offer three first round picks plus Gordon Hayward. I don't think anyone wanted more first-round picks other than maybe the Pistons in this draft the other night. So that deal doesn't look pretty appealing. So you're looking at a combination of all these things, and they kind of suck, to be perfectly honest. And at that point, I really thought New Orleans should just go into the season with Drew Holiday on the roster. I think it took kind of finding the right team. You know, I think that Milwaukee, to a degree, overpaid for Drew Holiday. Three first-round picks plus Eric Bledsoe and George Hill is a lot to give up. But if you re-sign Giannis, it doesn't matter, and that trade is for Giannis and Drew Holiday, kind of as one package is the way I look at it. That is definitely enough to give up for Giannis and Drew Holiday, kind of in one deal if he signs the Supermax with them or any sort of extension. So it took kind of finding a bit of a, a desperate team maybe to kind of make this move, and sometimes you just have to overpay to make sure you get something you want, and that's what Milwaukee did here. So at the end of the night, uh, I thought New Orleans came out very well. I love the idea, and this is what I said they were looking for in all of the trade packages, of pushing those first-round picks out as far as humanly possible, basically as far as the league will let you. These picks could, in theory, run beyond Giannis's tenure there in Milwaukee, Drew Holiday's tenure. It's similar to what they did to Anthony Davis and the Lakers in that trade where they pushed a lot of those picks out really far, hoping that those picks outlast LeBron James and maybe AD there as well. For a small market team, I think that's really smart thinking. And so overall, I love what New Orleans did here. Yeah, it's really interesting because you talk about other teams giving up first-round picks. And if I think about the Celtics giving you first-round picks – not expecting those to be good. If Denver give you first-round picks, you're probably not expecting them to be good either when you look at the age demographic of their star players that they've got and are probably going to be able to retain. So at least a deal with the Bucks, you take a, a chance or a hope that Giannis is no longer in Milwaukee and these become top 10 picks moving forward, which I know our listeners don't want to think about that prospect, but we spoke <laughs> about it. You, if you're giving away first-round picks, you're doing this hoping that Giannis extends. And if he doesn't, then you have to be prepared that you took the shot, but this could be a disaster in five, six years' time. Yeah, no, and I, I kind of like it. Look, it's a small market team. This is what you've got to do. You get a player like that, you've got to do everything you can to hold on to them, let alone one of the best players in the league. It's not like this was Donovan Mitchell up there that you're like, oh, we need to move the farm for Drew Holiday for. You know, it, it's a different level of player, and it's so rare that you have these people, and retaining them for a long time is not easy to do. You've got to take that shot. I, I love what the Bucks did. They overpaid, but I actually like that they kind of went all in with this. All right, let's dive into Drew, the player here. And before we talk about his particular skill sets, I do want to talk about Drew, the person, because I can't imagine that there is a single uh, New Orleans Pelicans fan that is uh, holds any uh, bad will against Drew because uh, I think it's, it's well-known right around the league. This is one of the most likable guys. He does so much in the community. And I think, honestly, that's what Bucks fans are excited about as well. He'll do what he will do on the court but we know he's going to be active in the community as well. Him and his wife, Lauren, uh, a real power duo in as far as the NBA. Couple de definitely. Sure. You know, I, I, I've covered the league now for 10 years, and I don't know if I've interacted with just a better human is, is really a good way to put it. They, Pelicans fans started a change.org petition to retire his number. The Pelicans don't retire numbers. The Saints don't retire numbers. Everyone wants his number retired, which – 
he's not the best player in franchise history. That's either Chris Paul or Anthony Davis. And people want his number retired over those two guys. That tells you a whole lot about how kind of revered he is, I think, by Pelicans fans. Just a, like a good human. Like, I, I don't know how else to really put it. You know, when you just like, you, you've got a friend who's a really solid dude. <laughs> like, that's kind of what you're getting here in Drew Holiday. He's involved in the community. He gets out and does a lot of charity work. They just started the nonprofit where he donated his bubble salary, which was about five and a half million dollars to minority and black owned small businesses and charities and all of that. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. They, you know, are very, he's not a guy like wants to go out to party. You'll see he's on the road. He's in his hotel room doing Bible study and spending time with his family rather than out in, you know, other hotel rooms playing cards, going to clubs, partying. You kind of like a dude like that who just puts in the work and uh, he's an unbelievable teammate too. He brings a number of NBA players out to his home in California, the Los Angeles area every off season to work with them, um, with his personal trainer and some of the others that he has around there. Anthony Davis, who forced a trade saying that this Pelicans team wasn't good enough for him. Drew Holiday was on that team. Still had AD come and work out with him. He tried to take Frank Jackson, who just signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder, under his wing and help him grow as a professional and act as a mentor. And he doesn't complain. He just goes out and plays really hard. You know, I, you can't ask for much more in terms of like a person with him. This is one of the fascinating things about this trade, I, I think, is the whole AD situation. And, and Drew Holiday went through that. And he went through that. Now, obviously, this is a little bit different because he does have a player option after one year. If things go south, he can obviously leave if that's best for his career. But he has been through this before. I, I do imagine that he and Giannis are going to get along really, really well because Giannis, similar to Drew Holiday, is a guy that he doesn't do anything but hang out with family or or be in the gym. That's literally all he does. He yeah. works on his game. And then other than that, uh, he's with his family. So I do imagine that those two are going to get along pretty well. Uh, oh, absolutely. Look, you, you he gets along with everyone. There's no one who's ever said kind of a bad thing about him. He's not the most vocal leader, but he's going to do it by his play and by leading by example. And I think that is absolutely like the type of guy that's probably perfect to pair next to Giannis. All right, let's talk defense because, you know, for all the criticisms of Eric Bledsoe, and I do want to touch on him at the end of this show here as we move on, for all the criticisms of Eric Bledsoe, the one thing you are going to lose almost in every single scenario that you could replace him with is defense. And they maybe got the one guy that they can bring back in (laughs) at the guard spot that is equal or better than Eric Bledsoe. So how would you define Drew Holiday as a defensive player? He's bigger than Eric Bledsoe, there's no doubt. He certainly has more capabilities to defend across multiple positions. But how would you describe Drew Holiday, the defensive player? Yeah, it's a a more versatile Eric Bledsoe. I'm not trying to knock on Bledsoe's defense at all. I'm very excited about him, and I expect he'll start for New Orleans. And, you know, you you, you lose some defense, but you're not losing a ton. It's almost kind of impressive that you should be taking a huge step down here for New Orleans, and they're not doing that. Drew Holiday can basically guard anyone but centers, and even then he guards a lot of centers, and you'll see him switch on that at times. He's, he's a lockdown perimeter player. He has no problem taking on the toughest assignment on a nightly basis, whether that's Steph Curry in the backcourt, whether it's LeBron James or Kevin Durant out there on the wing, and we've seen him go against guys like Jokic and other bigs down low, and he <laughs> holds his own. He's a little bit outmatched there, but watch. One of the things you're going to love is you're going to see so many power forwards and centers think they can post up Drew Holiday, and they're going to try. And then Drew's going to pull the chair, or he's going to poke the ball away. And every time these guys think they can do this against him, 
and they don't do it. And it was a regular thing that you'll see. The versatility gives you the switchability on defense is unbelievably important. He's just very sound at the point of attack, isn't scared over any of it. Look what they did in the playoffs a couple of years ago against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Absolutely shut those two guys down in a four-game sweep because of the defense that Drew Holiday played on him um, and, and played on Nurkic at times in that postseason as well. So he gives you so much on that side of the ball. It was a little disappointing that he wasn't voted to one of the all-NBA defensive teams this past season. He probably was snubbed. Team defense wasn't all that good. I think that plays into a factor with it. But uh, you want to improve upon the defense there in Milwaukee. This is probably, as you mentioned, the one guy that you can bring in that actually upgrades you if you're losing Eric Bledsoe. So I'm really glad you brought up that Portland series because I had a specific question regarding that. So that year, I found myself, uh, by chance, I was in the Bay Area. So I went to the the next series, the second round series. I was at uh, Oracle for Warriors Pelicans. Drew Holiday, again, uh, really was playing a lead role, obviously, for that Pelicans team that, uh, that were trying to make a run and obviously came off that impressive sweep of Portland. But when I looked at what he was asked to do defensively against the Warriors and I compare it to what he was asked to do defensively against the Blazers, obviously the, the difference is stark. So my question for you, because everyone always says this, they say Drew Holiday can defend up to the three, he can defend up to the four, but I've always felt that this was through necessity rather than what you actually, how you want to actually utilize Drew Holiday. So my question for you is with the Bucks, with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, they picked up Torrey Craig, that allows them the ability to say, no, you're actually just going to dominate guards defensively. And as far as you see it, is that the role you want him to be playing? And if he has to defend up, that's more, that, that might be through a need more than actually how you want to utilize him at his absolute best. How do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, it's going to depend on the makeup of the team. There was no one who could guard wings here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You've got to throw Drew on Kevin Durant. And Durant has raved about yeah, how he guarded him and kind of shut him down a little bit. He, When you hear how other NBA players speak about Drew Holiday, particularly what he does on defense, it, it's fairly eye-opening. You know, it's one thing when they talk about Melo in kind of revered tones for certain things. And it's more about the reputation for him. Drew Holiday, they're going to list like specific examples of everything that he does. And I always found that kind of enlightening. But yeah, I, I think his role shifts in Milwaukee. And this is for the better for him and for the Bucks too. He has struggled offensively at times and been inconsistent offensively at times because he's shoulder, shouldering such a big defensive load. And being that point of attack or switching on to bigger guys and just the energy you have to put forth to play like that for – 38 to 40 minutes a night that he was being asked to do. It's a lot. If he can just focus on guards and guys that aren't going to body him up and kind of wear on him a little bit, and he's fine handling that, it's going to free him up more offensively. And he's going to be a better offensive player because of that sort of thing. So going to a team with a lot of length that has the ability to guard down in the front court, down on the wing a little bit better, and you don't need to throw him into those positions – yeah, it's going to make him better. And then if – I haven't watched the Bucks' defense, so I don't know really what the scheme is. But if there's a switch and all of a sudden he's on a wing or he's on a big, you feel really good about that. And it's not as much of a mismatch as the opponent team is trying to create. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. This is one of the big things that we're looking at with the Bucks. They haven't 
switched a lot in the past, which really boggles the mind when you consider they have guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton. Like the length there. and everything, yeah. It's, it's insane. We hope they do more of it. And I do think adding guys like Drew Holiday and, and Tory Craig and, and these types of players will allow you to play versatile lineups that can switch a little bit across multiple positions. Yeah, no, he, he, and he fits to kind of be all of that. So it gives you just another tool to use defensively. It just adds more versatility, which is never a bad thing in this NBA. Um, so he's going to fit in there. And like I said, it's going to make him better offensively, which I think is if there's like one complaint, it would be something regarding all of that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk offense now with Drew because uh, some of the numbers I, I tweeted out yesterday, uh, I think that... And, and I understand why. I understand. The, buck, the Bucks and the Kings and however it happened, whatever happened, the Bogdanovich sign and trade was botched. It, it was messy. It's not what you wanted to see happen, particularly when you are trying to extend Giannis. But I, I do think that that mess has overshadowed the Bucks having a, a pretty good offseason because uh, Drew Holiday. I mean, that's where it all starts for the Bucks. So uh, if you look at Eric Bledsoe's percentages and his averages across the Miami series, which the Bucks lost this year, and the Toronto series... Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals that the Bucks lost, Eric Bledsoe averaged 10.8 points on 31% from the field and 18% from three. We know it's been a disaster with Eric Bledsoe to the point where it's almost, he's become unplayable. He really has, despite what he does defensively. And I think that you mentioned Drew Holiday. Is he a dominant offensive player? Not necessarily, but I do look at some of the roles he's had to have with that Pelicans team. And I know Anthony Davis was there for a stretch, but Anthony Davis was always injured. He was ill. He had a, a fingernail out of place. He was taking every opportunity to get to the locker room. So I do think Drew Holiday playing behind Giannis and Chris Milton and even Brooke Lopez, I do think that there is an opportunity for him to at least be more reliable than what Eric Bledsoe has been for the Bucks in the past in the postseason. So what can you tell us about his game offensively? Because nothing jumps out at you when you look at the numbers across the board. Nothing. No, no, I, absolutely not. Like he looks almost like just to be a basically average shooter, right? It, it doesn't really pop out at you that like, oh, this guy's going to space the court unbelievably well. He can drive and attack. He can kind of do it all as needed. It's nothing that is going to blow you away, but he will have moments where he's called upon to kind of be the man and he can definitely rise to the occasion. Going back to that Blazers series, he had a 36 point game and a 40-something point game in that series, in that sweep. You don't do that really by accident. He's just never really had to be the number one option here in New Orleans. And because of that, I think when he had those moments where he was, wasn't able to really rise to the occasion for that. Part of it also goes to what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. When you're all over the place and trying to do everything there, yeah. you just you only have so much energy you know, out there on the court. He wasn't putting it towards on the offensive end because he didn't need to. You had Anthony Davis, you had some other guys, too, Demarcus Cousins for a stretch, all of that. So when he's called upon, he can do it. But him going to Milwaukee and maybe being the third option, that's kind of perfect. He does much better in short stretches. That's something if you watch his minutes rotation here in New Orleans. They tried to play him at seven or eight minute stretches at a time or less than that. When it goes beyond that because he was being asked to do too much, you kind of saw a deterioration of his play. I'm not worried about that in Milwaukee now. He's going to be the third option, you know, almost offensively and defensively at times too. Like he can conserve a lot of that energy to really make it count in longer stretches over more minutes. And I think that's going to be a really important thing for him. So I actually think you'll see some better offensive percentages for him. He's a pretty good catch and shoot guy overall, not 
um, off the dribbler creating for himself, but as a court spacer, he definitely can hit threes. He's fine in the pick and roll. He's not amazing there. He does an unbelievable job of using his body to finish at the rim. He does not draw a lot of contact, but watch the way he kind of contorts his body in air, put his shoulder or his back into people and almost bounce off of them to get the right angle for a layup or something like that is something that he does. He finishes at the rim incredibly, incredibly well uh, because of all of that but it's not going to be drawing free throws or anything like that. So there's some limitations depending on how you want to use him. He does enough. He doesn't need to be the first option there. Um, he's not good in, uh, in close games. I'd be terrified if it's in the final five minutes and you need him to take a shot. Um, something that he really did struggle with here in New Orleans, had a moment or two here and there, but nothing consistently. Um, and that's, that's, I think, probably the biggest concern is if a team schemes Giannis out, and we've seen some of the struggles in the playoffs with that, I don't know if it's a late game situation if you want to rely on Drew Holiday for that, but at that point it's kind of splitting hairs, I think, to some degree with it. Overall, he's going to be an upgrade. Still a bit of a different player, though, than um, Eric Bledsoe in the half court. Well, a couple of things uh, from what you've just said there. First of all, certainly no concerns with Bud overplaying Drew Holiday. We know he does not overplay absolutely <laughs> anyone, so there's no concerns there. And secondly, uh, that's a little concerning what you say about late game stuff because, again, uh, as we said, everyone in Milwaukee loves Eric Bledsoe. He's been an unbelievable player during the regular season, just unfortunately during the postseason for whatever reason. And, and again, this year, I know I brought this up and, and some Bucks fans were like, look, there's no excuses. But coming into this bubble situation, he literally just had COVID and, and we don't actually know how he is feeling. So look, there's a number of, of reasons or I guess if you want to call them excuses, why potentially it hasn't panned out. But it, it's a shame. And I, I, I will say this, I know when he came to... Uh, Milwaukee and the way it ended in Phoenix there was this uh, I guess uh, theory or thoughts that he was a bad locker room guy that's absolutely not the case he was unbelievable in Milwaukee had a great relationship with Chris Milton really loved uh, within that locker room so I know the Pelicans uh, are going to be getting a good one no, I'm excited about him. I think he adds a little bit more aggression than Drew Holiday does, and I think that's kind of what the Pelicans really need, more of a, a pure point. One thing you'll see is Drew Holiday is not the guy you want running your offense. He's not kind of that pure point guard. He moved to playing more of the two-guard playing off-ball the past couple of years, allowing him to cut and work off-ball a little bit more, and he thinks that makes him a much more effective player. It goes into that energy thing, too. When you're the focal point on offense is the point guard, maybe you don't have it on the defensive side as much because you're trying to do a little bit too much simplifying his role I think is a very very big thing for him but Eric Bledsoe seems to be that guy to some degree aggression can run the pick and roll probably better than Drew Holiday can and when you have Lonzo Ball who's not a half-court point guard that's kind of exactly what you need and need to put next to him it's you know it's why they drafted Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama that's kind of what he does he's aggressive he drives he runs a pick and roll that's what I'm looking for here I expect that Eric Bledsoe is going to be starting for New Orleans on opening night yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I am really pleased that he's gone to a team that is projected to continue to rise and at least um, certainly be in that playoff mix. We know now essentially 10 teams are in, they're in the mix. 10 seed, right? So, there you go. So I expect that he's going to have a chance to at least be in the play-in. And if he's not, something has gone wrong. Uh, but I, I am fascinated to see how that plays out with Lonzo Ball. Again, the aggression for Eric Bledsoe, is something that I think has frustrated Bucks fans over the years because you can see him on one night, he'll score 30 points and he'll get what he wants in the paint. He's so strong. 
and, and able to finish at the basket that you ask yourself, why doesn't he do this literally every single possession? And then there will be games where you'll get to the halfway through the third quarter and you'll look at the box score and Bledsoe's one for three. And you're like, what is going on with this like, guy? Like, uh, that's always frustrating. So that's, that's what you're going to find. There will be games where he'll fade in and out. I think he was, it was too easy for him to hide behind Giannis and Chris and Brooke Lopez and these guys and just, just be a, a body out there. He wasn't always aggressive enough. But when he is... Uh, he's, he's a fine player and I always thought he was the barometer for the Bucks, particularly in the transition game he pushes the tempo and he unlocks a lot of what they were able to do uh, in transition so I, I am excited to see him play alongside Zion I think uh, that will provide some fun highlights no, I mean, and look, New Orleans is still going to run. They're not going to run as fast as they did last season, but they still want to get in in transition and try and push the pace. And if he can replicate some of that, cool. Sign me up for the tenth seed here in the West. I think. Yeah, I mean, hey, sign me up for this this playing tournament, regardless. But particularly in the West, I mean, there's going to be some seriously good teams that are on that bubble there of missing out on the postseason with everything. Everything's done. I kind of look at the West, and I think the only team, honestly that is not really in the playoff hunt, uh, the Thunder, maybe the Spurs, but it is the Spurs. You never know. They'll probably win enough games to at least be within uh, touching distance of that uh, play-in. I just recorded Lockdown NBA for Wednesday. We did it Tuesday night with John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics. We hosted every Wednesday, and we did our power rankings in the West. And I was like, okay, John, let's, let's record right now. And he took like another hour trying to figure out his rankings in the Western Conference because <laughs> it is very competitive, and those teams – like. Portland got really good, I think, yeah. this offseason. You know, you still have Phoenix, who might be that is somewhere between 6 and 10. All of these teams are going to be competitive and good. And you're right. It's OKC is the only team that isn't really going to be at least trying to win basketball games on a night-to-night basis. The West is just brutal this year. Yeah, OKC might be the smart franchise looking at the draft ahead to next year. It might be a good year to be bad. So I think everything we've seen with Sam Presti, no one is surprised that he's uh, zagging while everyone is zigging there. Uh, My last point I will will bring up here, and this has been great stuff. I I think we did the same with Torrey Craig yesterday, but for these guys coming in, Drew Holiday is certainly a guy that we've all watched uh, closely, and the Pelicans in particular have been a team last year that were very, very entertaining to watch. So we've all seen our fair share of Drew Holiday, but just to get the finer details is really brilliant for our show. The last thing I would ask you as someone that has watched Drew Holiday as closely as you have, when you think about uh, the other additions are fine, but purely replacing Eric Bledsoe with Drew Holiday with a, a top three with Giannis and Chris Milton and knowing what we've, we've seen in the postseason the last few years, do you view this as a Pelicans expert as a move that could be enough to get you over the hump, or do you still have your, your questions? And there's, and listen, don't be afraid of the, the Bucks listeners here, Jay. <laughs> do not be afraid. <laughs> uh, look, I pissed everyone off yesterday <laughs> with the power rankings, so I've been getting it from all fans on, uh, on social media and Twitter the, <laughs> the past couple hours. No, like, I, I think this is a great move for him. You've got to kind of go all in on it uh, in a situation like they are. You're that close to a title. You need something to get you over the hump. Drew Holiday, at least, is going to be a bit more consistent, I think, maybe than Eric Bledsoe offensively. And I think he's, I think you're going to see him do his percentages. I don't know if he'll score, you know, 19, 20 points per game in that Bucks offense right now, but he can do that. Certainly. It might be that he's just a better three point shooter, a better shooter overall, and just a more efficient player, which is going to help them, I think. And then defensively, I think you're going to see him improve too. I'm really excited for him to actually have real rim protection behind him. Now you've got Giannis and Middleton down low. 
he can be way more aggressive at the point of the attack and in the backcourt trying to force steals. I expect he might average over two steals per game this year because of it. He averaged 1.6 last season, and now you give him even more rim protection where he can be a little bit more aggressive. I think that opens him up and unlocks him to some degree. So I'm really excited to see him, and I guarantee you everyone here in New Orleans is going to be rooting for the Bucks now to win the title. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Maybe the, the best defense in the NBA over the last two years potentially just got better with the addition of Drew Holiday. So I am really excited to cover this man. I'm really excited to watch him on a daily basis. But Jake, we really appreciate this. Like I said, this is the kind of info we needed heading into a season now that's uh, somehow hard to believe is, is less than a month away. Yeah, it, it's coming up fast. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. That's Jake Madison. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nola Jake and also check out the Locked On Pelicans podcast. I, I think, again, for Bucks fans, there will be a, a real interest in the Pelicans this year following along with Eric Bledsoe and also Zion. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I, I was like, you I, get to watch Zion. That's the draw here. <laughs> I, I, did, I did not miss a Zion game last year. I can confess to that. And in particular, the matchup with Giannis was a really fun one, the one in New Orleans towards the end of the season. So, uh, like I said, follow Jake. Uh, And as far as this podcast goes, we will be back tomorrow as well. Again, we are just waiting. We'll see if there's any Giannis news. He's still not in the United States. So as I keep on saying, I wouldn't expect anything until he is back home. Uh, But for now, for Jake and myself, we'll leave it there. Stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.